The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And we're about to inflict on you episode 163, sexy and spooky urban legends triple X. I don't think inflict is the right word. <laughs> I feel like we're treating that's our true, listeners. That's true. That's true. We're inviting you to enjoy, uh, since Rome and its numerals told us this is going to be the sexiest mm-hmm. uh, urban legends episode, we certainly finish sexy, but we also start unexpectedly spooky so not and that's on me people that's on me amanda's like why don't i just ease us in and then it just (laughs) went to complete shit and i love it well you know i searched the inbox for the word bed um (laughs) and that's what came up so oh you messed up my friend you know that's just a a diy adventure here uh though i will say i know that some families listen together and you may want to uh for the final 13 spooky minutes of this podcast the last 13 are the sexy ones so uh if you you know want to make sure that you have some grounding age-appropriate discussions uh before getting into that that's on you i'm gonna say i think the first two are not super sexy and then Mm -mm. the last two are like questionable getting there yeah, so there. think about it before you do it. We don't, though, have to think about how happy we are to have these new patrons with us. Samney Todd, great username, Ritwick, Tanya, and Sweet Serviday. Welcome. You join the distinguished ranks of such supporting producer-level patrons as Philip, Megan, Deborah, Molly, Skyla, Samantha, Sammy, Neil, Jessica, and Phil Fresh. And we would love to go to the Mothman Festival. You'll you'll learn why later. Mm-hmm. Uh, with our legend level patrons: Brittany, Josie, Kylie, Charlotte, Kylo, Morgan, Emily, Beam Me Up, Scotty, Audra, Chris, Mark, Mister Folk, Sarah, and Jack Marie. Absolutely lovely. And Julia, you tell us a bit about this beer in the episode, but remind us what we're drinking. It is the Extra Sexy Beer, which I bought only for the name. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is from Endless Pint Brewing. And happily, it was also delicious. It was. It was delicious. Oh, and are you reading or listening to or watching anything good this week? Yeah. So I picked up, uh, finally, I am a big fan of Sarah Gailey's work, uh, but I finally picked up their book Magic for Liars, which is basically like a queer noir Harry Potter for adults. Incredible. You're going to love it. I cannot wait to put it on my library list. As a reminder for our listeners, we're going to, moving forward, be telling you what our Myth Movie Night movie is before we release the episode, so you have time to watch it along with us, and then you don't have to worry about spoilers for the film. So next week, we are going to be covering Only Lovers Left Alive, which is Amanda's favorite vampire movie, and we're going to be talking about vampires. Yay! So watch it if you haven't seen it yet. If you have, refresh yourself. It's beautiful. It is pretty short. It's lovely. It's not too spooky. So I hope you enjoy. Yes, I'm sure they will. We are super excited also to tell you that we're going to be in LA. We are doing a live show the day after Valentine's Day, like... All Saints Day, but after Valentine's Day instead of Halloween. And all Valentine's Saints Day. Exactly. St. Valentine's Day. Yeah, sure. That's it. We could not be more excited. We are going to be opened for by Join the Party. So you'll get probably double Julia and me that night. And we are just beyond stoked. We cannot wait to see everybody out for our first California show. Yeah, I'm 
so excited. I love LA and the fact that we're performing there is wild. Yeah, so to get tickets to that or our Austin live show on February 27th or our May show in Boston at the Museum of Science, please go ahead to multitude.productions slash live. And finally, we are so, so stoked to tell you that the Multicrew has gotten an update for 2020. Now, if you've forgotten, this is our membership program for Multitude. It's the way that we say, hey, we are doing this like a great artist experiment of trying to make an independent living as podcasters. So we're inviting you to help us fund new work instead of relying on companies to say yes to us or getting like a loan or selling part of our company. We are saying, hey, we believe in you. We know you believe in us. And we are giving you such rewards as a weekly show, debate show. Show, head heart gut with all your multi-crew friends and now stuff like a sticker pack a finsta free tickets to live shows glitter pins it's incredible yeah i think if you like the way that we debate stuff and the way that we have like cute little arguments between us over whether or not you should run from ghosts or you should stay and challenge the ghost i the guess sexiest cryptid for example mm, yes you, you will absolutely love head heart gut Absolutely. And you can now join the multi-crew for just $5. Just five bucks a month, you get a new weekly podcast from Multitude and all kinds of other benefits as you move up the tiers. So check all of that out and more at multicrew.club and help support the future of Multitude with your dollars today. And hey, uh, keep an eye out on our feed for something special that might be dropping tomorrow. Exactly. Giving you a little taste of what awaits you as a multi-crew member. So without further ado, please enjoy the sexy and spooky Urban Legends episode number 30. Anybody have a cold open? I have a hot open. Ooh. Oh. No, oh, I don't. No. I was just saying. I really <laughs> set myself up for that one, didn't I? <laughs> you did. You kind of did. Oh, it's the sexy Urban Legends episode. Therefore, very hot. Rome and its numerals told us we had to do it. Uh, I don't. I don't want it. <laughs> I'm so glad that I just sound the least sexy as possible because I'm getting over the flu as we record this episode. At one point, I was like, what if we all started it by like talking in like quiet, sexy tones? And I was like, no, Mm-mm. I don't want to do that with my friends. That sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, no, bad. Don't do that. Don't do well, that. Well, maybe I can kind of ease us in because I have an urban legend titled at night a mistake from my childhood comes out to torment me and is there anything sexier than being haunted by the ghosts of your past nothing is more sexy than the ghosts of your past that's, that's obvious in the story of christmas i think carol right <laughs> the sexiest story because he there... goes da- he goes dancing in in that in the past one and that was it was a very sexy dance they did. isn't there also a movie called like ghost of girlfriends past or something like that that's definitely a th- yep yep that's, That's a, a movie, Matthew right? McConaughey joint. Oh, Jesus. I'm pretty sure. What is dating except outrunning or being caught by the ghosts of your past? Like, come on. Honestly, fair. Okay. All right. So this comes to us from Alexander. First, let me explain something to you about me. I have an overactive imagination, which I love, but it's always given me a bit of trouble. During my school days, I was often caught by teachers daydreaming instead of listening. But the biggest downside of it is that sometimes my imagination starts functioning beyond my control and runs away with itself. It can be hard to stop. As I'm sure Amanda and Julie understand, having such a brain is not great if you have anxiety or if a terrifying thought takes hold of your mind. I try to avoid horror films because I know I won't be able to shift the image from my mind. As a kid, I was traumatized by like the short stop motion film The Sandman. Tip to any preschool teachers listening, this is not appropriate to show your pupils. Oh no. 
And although I spent years terrified of something in the dark, wanting to remove the eyes from my eye sockets, nothing bad ever happened to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is like uh, Taily Poe levels of inappropriate for kids. Yeah, no, um, don't don't ever imply that children are going to lose their eyes. That's why I always hated the like got your nose game as a kid. Like, oh, what yeah. If you actually took my nose. That would be bad. Or one time someone, uh, we had like stairs in the basement that you could reach through, like there was no back to the stair. And so someone once like jokingly grabbed my ankle. And so until I moved out of that house at 19, I I did not um, go down to the basement in the dark. Incredible. I mentioned all this so you understand why when things get creepy, I acted like the disbelieving victim in a horror film until it was too late. Nope. Bad. When I was 15, my family lived in the English countryside in a sort of tranquil thatched cottage that wouldn't look out of place on the TV set of a 16th century historical drama. There are plenty of ghost stories about cottages like these, the main one being that animals and sometimes people were buried in the walls of the houses to keep bad spirits away. In my opinion, a terrible idea. That's a church groom style. We've talked about that before. If anyone buried me in their walls to be spirit repellent, I would be pretty angry about what they'd done and would immediately start inviting spirits over in an act of petty revenge. Hmm. I like I like the idea of ghost house party in order to spook the people that like buried you in the walls. Oh, totally, totally. I was returning one sunny morning to my possibly spirit-filled home from a sleepover in the neighboring village, and like all teenagers at a sleepover, hadn't slept a wink. Instead, we were playing video games and watching films. But unlike all teenagers, we also spent the night exploring the empty cow fields and forests near my friend's house. This involved scaling large trees in a spooky forest, trying not to wake angry farmers, and finally climbing over a rusty fence to get into the above-ground entrance of a decaying World War II bunker. Hmm, you know, like like your normal hometown has. There's so much happening in this one night. It, it is truly incredible. And we're also like, we're an exposition of this of this legend, guys. With nothing more than the green glow of early naughties phone screens to guide us through the bunker, we peered down dark corridors we were too scared to investigate and tried to decipher the illegible graffiti and carvings on the walls left by other adventuring youths. We finally came upon a circular room smelling of smoke. Thinking back, it somehow felt as though there was a breeze circling inside the room like some kind of windy whirlpool, although it came from no clear source and the night was peaceful and quiet. This seems bad. I mean, the moment he said round room, I was just like, nope, round room's inherently haunted. Don't like that at all. Nope. Swirling smoke, also bad. Portal to hell. If there's not a corner I can put my back against, how do I know that I'm safe? (laughs) All over the walls, but mostly scrawled around a locked copper green door on the far side were hundreds of drawings of humanoid figures. I can't remember all the details. It would be like memorizing all the books in a library, but I remember two in particular. The first was a stout, masculine-looking figure with a small bandaged hand, empty eye sockets, two curved horns, and a wide smile bursting from its face with rows of sharp, pointed teeth. No, 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 no. The second figure dominated the room and was sat atop of the locked door, its spindly feet dangling down over it. The figure was tall, gangly, and drawn haphazardly with some charcoal from the abandoned fire in the center of the room. It had five long arms which reached out around the entire room, so anyone who entered only did so by voluntarily stepping into its grasp. This is a big drawing! No, I... I... bad, bad. I hate that. I hate that a lot. We stayed in the room for maybe five minutes, walking around on our toes, listening for noises, looking for movements in the shadows and drawings, until a distant moo from an annoyed cow gave us the creeps, and we ran. I, not anything else. A moo from a cow. <laughs> that, that was the, the creepiness too far. <sighs> the strange thing was, 
there were no cows in either that field or the next one over. My friend was certain it came from down a spooky corridor within the bunker. <laughs> what? Okay, I have I have a I have a genuine question. Yeah. So I grew up on a, a golf course. My parents' house led onto a golf course. So I understand like having a free roam with friends on a birthday party or sleepover or something, play capture the flag out there a lot. How big are these farms? Like a golf course is pretty big, but I feel like it's not like massive. Whereas like they're talking about multiple, multiple fields they're trekking across this one night. That's like, this seems like a massive, massive undertaking for some kids to to, to be partaking in, right? I think it's uh, multiple small farms next to each other. Uh, it's it's way more common in the UK to have like small holdings and just everybody has like a few pastures and you can kind of okay. like walk through them. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, makes it's not sense. like giant acres of farm for each farm. Yeah, I am thinking like probably like American farm down like the interstate, which it's right. like right. a farm is like a mile long. Yeah, it's like a generous backyard is what I'm gotcha. picturing. gotcha. So fleeing through the woodland and fields, I was sure there were things in the shadows running with us as we leapt over branches and fallen tree trunks, although I credited these to my overactive imagination. When I made it home the next morning, I dismissed myself from Sunday lunch early, locked my bedroom door with a pin so nobody would discover I was tired because of a sleepless night, and drifted off. I can't tell you anything about my dream except I was woken by distressed banging on my bedroom door. As it was an old house, the door was wooden, rickety, and could be partially opened above and below the lock. Opening my eyes, I saw black bone-like claws wrapping themselves around the pushed open frame of the door. It's the cow. (laughs) Well, Alexander writes, I would love to tell you I heard an eerie moo, but all I heard was a muffled snarling, a continuous rhythmic clicking sound, and the slow, heavy breathing of a thing behind the door. Hey, let me tell you, that's worse than a moo. Sure is, Julia. Mm. My door's metal lock shook and jangled under the thing's efforts until the sheer force of whatever was trying to get in knocked the pin from the door's lock. In the doorway, staring straight at my bed, towered the blurry image of a tall, hulking figure roaring at me. (sighs) I think I passed out, but when I woke, the figure had vanished, the pin locking the door was hanging loose, and the door was wide open. Now I know what you're thinking. Distressed parents worried about their child who was locked in a room and not responding. They probably banged the door, right, and forced open the lock to check on me. But later that day, expecting someone to mention the incident over dinner, I learned I'd been alone in the house for the whole afternoon. Jesus. So what unlocked my door? Jesus. I assumed. It wasn't Jesus, you're right. (laughs) I assumed, okay, I must have started sleepwalking. I could have unlocked the door in my sleep and mixed up reality with my memories and dreams, etc., to create some kind of exhausted, dreamy hallucination. If not, then maybe it was a daytime night terror? I was freaked out, but was sure it had nothing to do with the library of monsters in the bunker we found. I hate this. As I grew older, I started experiencing other night terrors about once a year. Nothing banged at my door, but I would dream of being locked in a dark chamber. One second, I would be in my school science lab building a race car with both Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong and French Prime Minister Nicolas Sarkozy. And the next, I would be trapped in the dark in an underground silo screaming for help, both in the dream world and the real world. There was never any lead up to this. No warning. My dream would suddenly just derail. My parents would hear me shouting for help in the early hours of the morning, usually around 2.30, open my bedroom door and check on me. 
And as soon as the hallway light illuminated my room and showed me my surroundings were of a teenage boy's bedroom and not a windowless prison, I would immediately calm down, laugh about how ridiculous that dream was, and promptly go back to peaceful sleep. I really never gave these events too much thought. I've been scared of the Sandman as a child where there was nothing to be scared of. This was likely just a side effect, right, of an overactive imagination. It was always fine. Until many years later, when it happened twice in two months. The experience occurred when I was on a family holiday and my younger sister had been awoken by her older brother, shouting at a bandaged creature in the darkness to fuck off. I clearly had no time for spooky happenings that night. My sister was, of course, frightened until I assured her it was a bad dream. Then the next month, after I started dating my now girlfriend, I lived at the top of a terrace house in London, which I was renting with old university friends. As I was up on the roof, the walls of the bedroom slanted downwards, creating lots of dark corners and shadows. Mm, the best. Along the low nook of one wall was a row of cupboard doors which led to the house's hidden attic. The doors were badly fitted and rarely shut properly, so on windy nights, they'd fly open unexpectedly. Why is your attic hidden? Why? We would often joke to visitors, that's where we keep the monsters. Bad. Bad joke. The first night my girlfriend spent at my house, she was awoken when I pulled all the bedsheets away from her. When she asked what was going on, I sleepily responded, you and the one in the corner of my room are plotting to kill me. Then I turned over and went back to sleep. Mm, I would break up with you. <laughs> I've done that, but I've never said that. Like, I've, like I am. Sure, the... we've all stolen the blankets. Me and Kelsey each have our own queen size blanket. Oh, us too. That's the Smart. only way to do it's it. It's the way you get, you get a king size bed, you get two queen size comforters or duvets if you're a goddamn adult. And you, uh, that's how that's how you make it work. Now, we later laughed about the story, but it put the notion in my head that there was something else going on, that the silly dreams that woke me up weren't totally in my head. The dreams were evolving and something was following me from place to place, room to room. It wasn't a haunted house style problem that could be solved by moving house. And in my night terrors, I was no longer just dreaming of being trapped. It was becoming more like the first time after I visited the bunker. Something was with me wherever I was when the lights went out. From then on, if I pulled a curtain closed at night, I'd be afraid to open it until sunrise in case there was a watching face behind it. I'd watch the door as I went to sleep and made sure I slept with my back to the wall so nothing could come up behind me. Whenever I walked up a flight of stairs or left a dark room, I'd feel a strong gaze following me. It was at this point I figured I'm going to start using a nightlight in my room. If light was the one thing that woke me up from my dreams, a nightlight should help. And sure enough, the terror stopped. When my girlfriend and I moved in together, I just continued using it, just to be sure. All was fine until one night, I forgot to plug it in. First, the dream I had was immediately different. Instead of a sudden shift to being trapped in a dark room, my whole mind felt like the darkness had infected it. Everything in the dream world was murky and dark. I found myself alone, cycling along an unending stone path between the tall trees of a dark wood, not unlike the one I had run through after foolishly exploring that World War II bunker. A full moon hanging over me was my only light, and as I went further and further into the woods, the canopy above me grew and grew, until only brief specks of moonlight illuminated the weaving path. There were also noises that I tried to hear and reassure myself were just simply the rustling of leaves, but I was scared and worried. I felt no wind, and I knew that if the noises subsided, they would reveal another faint, unnatural sound lurking behind them. When the canopy covered the moon entirely, the hidden sound became louder, culminating in a loud, rhythmic, clicking noise. And then I woke up in my own room. It was winter, and light from outside only vaguely lit it up. In the corner, perched calmly on the makeup table, was a dark, flickering shape. It seemed to be shaped like a large, hunched-over person. I couldn't make out any clear features, but I could feel its attention was solely on me. I wondered if it had woken me or if it had simply been lying in wait. From the darkness, it emanated that slow, rhythmic clicking noise that I remembered from when I was 15. 
I started shouting and trying to get up, but I couldn't move anything except my mouth. I was frozen. My girlfriend, hearing my shouting, wrapped an arm over me and whispered into my ear that everything was okay. You're safe. It's just a dream. Then she raised her head from the pillow, startled, and uttered the worst words to hear in that situation. Wait, can you hear that clicking? As if in response, the shadow in the corner rose from its seat, stopped biting its time, and started shuffling toward me. It unfurled its hunched form and stood up so tall its body stretched the length of the wall. Its many long arms dangled down to the floor and around the room, disappearing into the shadows and out of sight. It deliberately, slowly shambled toward me, lowering its form to the ground until it reached the foot of the bed. For a second, I wondered, like my disoriented girlfriend, what was going on? Then I saw a very long arm with very real-looking claws reach up to the sky from the foot of the bed, spread its long, bony fingers, and then dig them into the mattress. It found purchase, and the nightmare made reality began pulling itself up onto the bed toward me. I could feel the weight on the mattress, the claws in the sheets, the creature levering itself up from the foot of my bed, the sheets being pulled away. The sound grew louder, the time between clicks getting smaller and smaller. The hand quickly lifted itself and jumped forward, and I felt it grab my thigh. Then my girlfriend turned on her bedside lamp, and the creature was gone. Remember how Amanda was like, hey, we're just going to like ease into this episode, this fun, sexy episode with an easy <laughs> story. I do remember story. that, Julia. Uh, it seems like it was only a mere 16 minutes ago, and yet it feels like, like days have Forever. passed. Forever. <laughs> Many terrifying days later. No, no, it's perfect. It's perfect. Well, we can call this the spooky, sexy edition. <laughs> I I know what this is. This is a classic. This is a nightman. Mm-hmm. And if you've watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you just need to get a dayman and he will defeat him <laughs> because he's a master of karate. It's yeah, simple. Obviously. It's a simple solution. I think the solution well, to this is is get, get girlfriend who turned light on. Yeah, that is extremely smart of her. My girlfriend is my day man. Alexander did try to kind of put an end to this. So he said in a little postscript um, that last month he went back to his village and visited the bunker. Alexander, I would not have counseled you to do this. No, this is bad. What? What? People, they, well, you got you got to listen to us, people. <laughs> you got to start listening to us. You don't just return to Derry when it starts murdering people again. <laughs> Okay, so this is what happened. Everything was very similar. There was new graffiti over the old, a clearer, more well-worn path through the forest, and calves in the field. Aww. Aww. The winds were gone. So was the locked copper green door. It now lay in a new place on the floor, snapped off its hinges. But part of the bolt remained in the frame where it used to be. Unsure what to do, ignoring my jumpy friend, I took a seat in front of the extinguished fire, which hadn't moved, by the way, and pulled from the ashes a piece of charcoal. Making my tribute to the thing in the darkness and adding to the library of monstrosities, I drew on the floor a small image of the hand I'd seen rising from my bed. I had no idea why I did it, but it felt like the right thing to do. My unaware friend laughed nervously at my drawing, and whilst I drew, peered through the open hole where the door had once been. He shone his phone light into it and then tried to remain calm as he suggested we leave now. I have no idea what was beyond the doorway, probably just more drawings, but as I write this, I realize I have to ask how he's been sleeping. Yeah. I'm happy to say, though, my nightmare hasn't been back. Hey, guess what? You, you like, passed it on. Like, it followed, it follows. Alexander. Ugh. God damn it. Well, guys, I thought that was just going to be kind of a fun romp. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we are. And uh, someone tell me a sexy story, please. Tell me to tell you so about the a- sexy part of that is that at one point, two people were sleeping in a bed <laughs> <Same> together. Bed. <laughs> <laughs> you got a girlfriend and you slept in you the same a, bed as her. You, you had to look for it. But the sexy part was in there. 
Okay, we're going to call it the spooky, sexy edition. We're going to call it the very spooky and then very sexy part. Mm. How about we listen to a story about a ghost that has a crush on someone's brother? Hell yeah. I love it. So this story comes from Evelyn, and the title of the email was XXX, a ghost has a crush on my brother. So she starts the email with some background. My family is Italian witchcraft practitioners, and we are all energy sensitive, and my brother is extremely sensitive to ghosts. We moved to Plymouth, Massachusetts when we were little, and the town itself is pretty haunted. A local library that we passed walking to school used to be a house where a girl died in the 1930s. She was hit by a car when she ran into the street to catch her red ball, and now haunts it. Red ball is always like the thing that kills someone it's like red balloon red ball always ghost related i don't know yeah it, red means bad omen everyone knows agatha she knocks books off shelves and moves stuff around when she's bored even non-believers admit something is strange there and many people who aren't ghost sensitive have seen her when walking to school my mom and i sensed something but my brother straight up had conversations with her Walking home, he would start talking about his day and answering questions we weren't asking. He told us Agatha wanted to know when we asked him about it. He, he was six years old, about the same age she was when she died. Oh, no. <laughs> After about a year, my brother started saying that Agatha wanted to play with him, and he said she had a red ball with her. When we mentioned it to the librarians, they chuckled, saying she only plays with people she likes and joked that she <laughs> might have a crush on him. We moved away a few years later and mostly forgot about this, but my brother recently got married and he and his wife went to Cape Cod for their honeymoon. Since they had to drive through Plymouth to get there, my brother showed her the old house where we lived and the library where we hung out a lot. According to my brother, he saw Agatha in the window at the library and he waved at her and introduced his wife, who doesn't really believe in these things. He says he heard a voice saying, you grew up handsome, and his wife heard it too. <sighs> before she disappeared. What? Not a crazy sexy story, but kind of cute. Love the podcast and can't wait for more of the XXX stories. This is good, Julia. This is a real good middle ground between extremely spooky and extremely sexy. Yes. And we will get to extremely sexy later on the episode. We're kind of oh, just don't worry. Light, oh lighting it into it. We, we planned something. I've got one more uh, sexy little urban legend before we get to our... Uh... Our Magnus Opus. <laughs> yep. Magnus Opus? Is that right? That's not Magnum right. Magnum Opus. Magnum Opus. <laughs> this is titled Hell Club, Glaswegian Urban Legend from Chloe. And they write, I have a little story about Glasgow, Scotland that is kind of creepy, kind of cool, and kind of sexy. Ooh. So back in the 1700s, there was a man called Archibald Boyle who loved sex, people, and drink. Well, obviously, he has the most sexy name. Incredible. So, of course, he created a group filled with like-minded girls and gals called The Hell Club. What? Love it. That's First off, if that's what you like, usually your next thing is like, let's form a club. <laughs> but, you know, I guess it's the 1700s. Things were different back then. Maybe people are doing this and I just don't know about it. <laughs> it's better than, let's start a cult. <laughs> It's, I mean, well, I think as we read this, we might, uh -oh. it might just be that. <laughs> uh -oh. They would regularly have orgies together. This would apparently take place in the Trongate area of Glasgow. 
Eventually, the club and Archie became famous around the nation. So despite the religious taboos, the club now attracted a large number of people and notoriety, even becoming known to the newspapers at that time. Archie was known to shout, I wish to fuck in hell, as he finished. I'm changing a few words. Because I'm not comfortable saying all the words that are going to be in this email. I should have read that uh, one. Sorry for making you read that. I did it. Don't worry. Uh, but that's integral for the story. Uh, I mean, I read the important part, which was the, the quote. I, I want didn't to say fucking all, all, the, it's still all the words bad. as written, though. It's still bad. Now I abruptly realize why you didn't want to do this, Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not as fun as we thought it would be. <laughs> So this was going real good for Archie and everybody involved until, I mean, it's the 1700s. I'm sure it's actually going quite poorly for everybody's yeah. nether regions. Until after one orgy, he got on his horse after heavy drinking to go home. Don't, don't ride and drink. He didn't get far before falling off and hitting his head. Don't drink and he ride. He wakes up and sees a dark hooded figure that said, I heard your wish and can grant it for you. All you have to do is follow me. Incredible. Being curious, Archie followed. Man, like, <laughs> I there was, like, some weird mysticism that happened in, like, the late 1800s, early 1900s, but, like, this is, like, some next-level, like, yeah. 1700s level of mysticism. Just chef kiss all over. Let's go. When the man stopped, Archie saw a giant drunken orgy. Of course he did. But before he could join, he saw an old friend... <laughs> And <laughs> sorry, I was just like, my reaction to seeing a giant orgy wouldn't be like, let me get in there, y'all. Listen, you weren't you weren't fucking like Archie was. But before he could join, he saw an old friend of his that had died. Uh oh, that's no good. Nope, usually not what you want to see when you join an orgy. Overcome with sudden emotion, he went over to talk to her. He tapped her on the shoulder and asked her to stop. <laughs> he said. Why don't you rest for a while and talk? Oh, she turned no. around and said, rest, rest. There's no rest in hell. That's when he saw her midriff covered in serpents. In shock of what he saw, he took in the scene again, but with fresh eyes and in real time. He saw it for what it really was. There were old and young people involved. He was absolutely shocked and wanted out. He asked his guide to lead him back to... And the hooded figure agreed, but warned that if Archie kept going to these orgies, he would end up here in a year, in a year, in a day. So Archie realized what this means and is taken back home. But Archie, being skeptical that he experienced a thing that he thought was just a bad dream after hitting his head, his horse. So he reassured himself that he would be fine and went to the orgy that he had arranged for the next <laughs> night. He died a year later. No. Yay. Um, I love that this is like a Christmas carol, but only the like ghost of Christmas future. Yeah, and with orgies. See, I mean, look, I didn't, I didn't. So Julia sent me this one. So when I made a reference earlier to the ghost of Christmas past being the sexy ghost, because there's some dancing in the Disney Christmas version of that that I that I can recall, I did not know that I would later be reading. Pretty much like the ghost of Christmas past, but for orgies. You set yourself up for this one. Incredible. So good. All right. Incredible. Well, I need <laughs> to rehydrate, as I'm sure Archibald did many times throughout his, his many <laughs> nights. Uh, so let's, uh, let's go get a refill. We are sponsored this week by a new sponsor that I am so, so stoked about because I have been using them happily for months. It's BetterHelp. 
So this is the world's largest counseling service, and they have invited us to talk to you about the importance of mental health today. And we already know it. Julie and I talk about how much therapy helps us, how happy we are to be able to treat this as like the, you know, serious part of your life that requires attention and deserves your, you know, support and love just like everything else in your life. So with BetterHelp, it's an app where you can start communicating with board-certified therapists in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's like professional counseling just done securely online. And I've been meeting with my BetterHelp therapist for three months now, and it is so helpful. Traveling as much as I do and living in a neighborhood where there aren't a lot of psychologists or therapists or counselors around, it is game-changing for me to be able to schedule therapy on my own time. Yeah, I know that one of the hardest things for me when I worked a nine to five job was finding a therapist who is open and available when I wasn't at work. So the fact you mean that you don't want to spend your lunch break like going really deep into stuff that's impacting you and then coming back crying after, yeah, no? after lunch. No, uh, but luckily you're not limited to that nine to five uh, that traditional therapy tends to be limited to. And you can log on to your account anytime to send a message to your counselor. There are weekly video or phone sessions you can take or you can just kind of like correspond back and forth like I do with my therapist, um, just in like those timely kind of thoughtful responses that they send to you. You can get therapy from the comfort of your own living room or bedroom, which is just absolutely wonderful. And BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional online counseling. Financial aid is also available, and they are offering Spirits listeners 10% off your first month of BetterHelp at BetterHelp.com Spirits. Yep, that is BetterHelp. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash spirits. Thank you so much. And we are sponsored, of course, by one of our favorites, Skillshare. So 2020 is the year that you can explore new skills. You can deepen your existing passions and you can get lost in your creativity with Skillshare's online classes. All you have to do is sign up today. It is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. So Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth by learning new things through online classes designed for real life so you can move that creative journey forward without putting your life on hold. So I personally have been really, really enjoying the digital poster design with a lot of the new touring and stuff that we're doing. I really want to like kind of get a better feel of how to promote things better both online and in person. And I really, really love this class. It's digital poster design combining images and type with powerful visuals and it's taught by Temi Coker. It's honestly, I'm having a great, great time with it. And you can have a great time with it too by signing up for Skillshare. You can explore your creativity at Skillshare.com spirits too and get two free months of premium membership. That is two free months of Skillshare premium at Skillshare.com spirits too. Thanks, Skillshare. Now, Julia, we are uh, recording the intro to this week's episode on our lunch break as we do a week-long, super-secret, incredibly exciting project here at Malt Student. I'm very excited. And I don't know about you, but when I get home uh, after dark, when we are done with these long days, the last thing I want to do is cook dinner. Yeah. No, I hate cooking after working. <laughs> I genuinely do. Love cooking on the weekends. Mm. Less easy to cook during the workday. Yes, especially after a long commute. So I am really glad that I was able to use DoorDash to order from my favorite local Chinese restaurant last night that does onion and garlic-free Chinese food. Julia, this is a game changer for me. It really is. You can just put those sweatpants on, take your bra off, and then order DoorDash. It's honestly my favorite part of my week. And DoorDash, of course, can connect you to your favorite restaurants in your city as well as national chains. They have over 3,300 cities represented with over 340,000 restaurants in total across the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, all you have to do is open up your DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and then the food is delivered to you wherever you are. 
And right now you can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code SPIRITS. Yep, all 50 states and in Canada, you can order from your local classics or your favorite chains. Download the DoorDash app from the App Store. Get $5 off your first order when you use that promo code SPIRITS. One more time, promo code SPIRITS for 5 bucks off your first order of $15 or more from DoorDash. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Julie, that was such a refreshing and much-needed drink. Can you tell us what we are having? Um, It's actually called the Extra Sexy Beer. It is from Endless Pint Brewing, and it is a strong bitter. So um, the description for it is hilarious. So it says, many would claim that the ESBs are boring and not, quote-unquote, sexy. We would disagree. This sexy beer has a very bready malt profile with a hint of caramel and toffee. Some earthy and fruity hops are present and extremely complementary to the malt. This is a beer that will keep you coming back for more. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's tasty. I can't lie. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's a good like winter beer, I feel like. You wanna you wanna drink it while you do some Netflix and chill. Oh yeah. So during the refill. I went into Libsyn, the podcast provider we use, and I clicked on advanced settings and I found a double explicit tag for this episode. So it so so now iTunes and all your podcatchers will know that this episode is about to get extremely gross. It is going to get <laughs> extremely uh, sexy. Just just so so we talked a lot about whether or not to do this story, which and it'll become clear why. I'll just read the title just to just to kick us off. We're all gonna popcorn share this story together because I don't think any no, of us No, now that sounds like a sex thing. I don't want to use that word. <laughs> oh no. Because <laughs> I don't think any of us could do it on our own. Here's the here's the title of it. Yeah, stretch it out, stretch it out. All right, all right, warm it up. They're coming to fuck you, Barbara, being an account account of my long and dear fatal quest to fuck Mothman. Yep, that's it. Um, I'm I'm very proud of Callum who sent it this email, just the bravery. Yeah, uh, he sent it in October and I have attempted to read it several times since then, but just wasn't brave enough. So together, I think we we can face this one. Yeah, I think I if saw we phrases each... in here that I was like, maybe this whole podcast was a mistake. Um... Maybe the whole <laughs> concept was a mistake if this is what it's led to. But we're going to do it. I'll start because I see as little hoardiness in the first paragraph as possible. Yeah, we'll just switch off. And we'll just switch off whatever becomes too much for someone. A lot of phrases in here. A lot of phrases in here that we don't want made into artwork. We don't want no, we like, do. that's that script font like, <laughs> I want it. with a, like a funny picture behind it. We don't don't do it. Don't do any of this. As soon as you listen to it, delete 
delete the episode <laughs> from your phone, your unsubscribe app. from the podcast, and delete your podcasting app and throw your phone in the river. <laughs> Just get it out of your mind as quickly as possible, probably. Here we go. <laughs> Hello, all. My name is Callum. My friends and I have been a big fan of the show for a while, and I've sent stuff in before, but just recently we went on a trip together that I think is urban legends worthy. I've been a big fan of cryptids and the paranormal for as long as I can remember, but my favorite has always been Mothman. <laughs> That's one way of putting it, Callum. <laughs> I also want to say, I also want to say, we're gonna we're gonna react in a lot of ways during this. I we are not yucking anyone's yum, nope. but also no. some yums are just they're just a lot. They're just a lot to take in. Listen, this email is hilarious. Callum, you are a great writer. We are going to laugh a lot at the things you have to say because it is extremely entertaining and and lovely. So thank you for sharing with us. Mm. And we hope that you you get whatever adventures you want out of this world. For those of you unfamiliar with Mothman, first off, you need to seriously reconsider your life and your choices. He is a cryptid native to Point Pleasant, West Virginia, who was first seen in 1966. The November of that year, two teenage couples were out canoodling by an old abandoned TNT factory when they saw saw a tall winged creature with thick dark fur and two glowing red eyes. Wait, real quick, real quick. Something about getting blown up. (laughs) Jesus. Eric, you are leading harder into this than Julia and I are. The creature came at them. Don't say anything. And then they drove away. But no matter how fast they drove, up to 100 miles per hour, they claimed, it was still able to fly right behind them. Eventually, the creature just kind of fucked off, and the teens reported the incident to the police. Local papers named the creature the Mothman, probably because Batman was already taken. Mm. And for the next year, Mothman was seen all over the area. He was also reported to give people strange prophetic dreams, specifically dreams where they saw shiny, colorful boxes floating in the nearby Ohio River. Then during December 1967, the bridge that connected Point Pleasant to Ohio collapsed, killing 46 people. The frequent sightings ended around then, but since the tragedy had occurred so close to Christmas, many of the people who'd been on the bridge were coming back from Christmas shopping. And tragically, right after the collapse, a bunch of brightly wrapped Christmas presents could be seen floating through the water. This has led many people to believe that Mothman was attempting to warn the people of Point Pleasant about the upcoming collapse. And he was not some sort of ooky spooky demon monster, but in fact, an all-around chill guy. All right. Let's get into it. So the beginning of my obsession with cryptids, for better or worse, happened to coincide with my sexual awakening. How could I resist the thought of this lithe, muscular, hairy, and virile creature who could swoop me up in his big, strong, cryptid arms and carry me off into the sky? So yeah, ever since I was a little boy, I've wanted to get the fuck banged out of me by Mothman. And every Column, I see it. I see it, babe. I see it. <laughs> and every year, Point Pleasant has a Mothman festival where people come from all over to gush about Mothman and other favorite cryptids. So I've always wanted to go. And this year, I was finally able to gather a group of friends to go with me. The whole week before the trip, I was insatiably horny for Mothman. <laughs> That's the one that got me. I'm in a creative writing class right now, and when we got our first assignment, I fully just turned in gay Mothman erotica because I couldn't (laughs) keep my mind on anything else. Quote from my workshop, this feels really personal. (laughs) So the day eventually came, and I was hornier than an unhappily married mom at a student-teacher conference. Oof. My friends and I go to school in Massachusetts, so it was an 11-hour drive to West Virginia, and on the way, we listened to Spirits and probably the entire cataloged repertoire of Suey and the Banshees. You know what I didn't realize until 
we really started in earnest and really until this moment, this is extremely recent. This, oh, yeah. this happened like th within the last three months of <laughs> this story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the very recent horny episode. Yeah, this is not like uh, an anecdote from the 70s. Callum's like living and living his truth today. This is making me want to go to the Mothman Festival. Anyway, so. Yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> don't you think that one would be able to find a person to to live out their fantasies with them there? It sounds yeah. great. Let's go this year, Amanda. My friend's car, which has been nicknamed Puff the Tragic Wagon, was very <laughs> old and we were low-key worried we'd break down in the mountains of West Virginia and find ourselves in ch a Texas Chainsaw Massacre situation. Again. Again? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> but thankfully that never happened. So we get to Point Pleasant and it is wonderful. There's Mothman memorabilia, a Mothman museum, a full-size Mothman statue, which I, of course, took pictures where I pantomime various sex acts and experts giving talks on... <sighs> <laughs> do, you want, do you want me to do a little voiceover? No, I'm going to say it. I'm going to okay. do it. Okay. G experts giving talks on Moth Daddy and other <laughs> cryptozoological things. We also took a hayride tour of the TNT factory where it all went down back in the day. Though Mothman never swooped down from the sky to pick me up, fling me but Nope, you can- Nope. <laughs> I'll finish That's it. That's it. I'm out. What do you two got to take this one? <laughs> Though Mothman never swooped down from the sky to pick me up, fling me behind a tree, tear my clothes off, and make my asshole speak Portuguese the way I hoped he would, I still had an incredible time and couldn't have hoped for anything more out of the experience. <laughs> Why Portuguese? <laughs> <laughs> it's very sibilant. I don't know. <laughs> so we drive back for 11 hours, and just as we're about to pull onto campus and are congratulating ourselves on how smoothly the trip went, someone mistakes a green turn arrow for a green light forward and slams her car into Puff the tragic wagon. No one was seriously hurt, and we all got home safely, but sadly, Puff is no more. Oh, no. But hey, now we can earnestly say that we tried to fuck Mothman and nearly died in the process, so I guess we get some bragging rights out of it. And it goes to show how awesome Mothman is that getting hit by a car and almost killed did not ruin our weekend by a long shot. Thanks, Ooh. Callum. Callum also writes at the end, in loving memory of Puff the Tragic Wagon, she served us well. May she rest in peace with Christine and the haunted car that killed James Dean. It's What's the sexiest cryptid? Okay. I mean, I feel like Bigfoot probably falls into that category. Like tall, muscular, a little hairy if you're into that. Yeah. I think I think the sort of like being able to be swooped off your feet, like I, I see that as a as a pro. Um so I yeah, I my my mind also went to this sort of like Bigfoot Yeti uh zone. Yeah. I was also I think that I think it's cause Bigfoot's one of the most humanoid ones. True. So it's just like a safe a safe choice. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I people are probably into Slenderman. Mm, I'm not. Too it's scary. Not my vibe personally. Crypt, like like so Slenderman's interesting because like where to go? <laughs> like if you don't look right at him, where he could be anywhere now. <laughs> gotta keep a gotta keep your head off swivel during 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 Slenderman sex. I mean, I I think there's something to be said for for a ghost. You know, I I see it. It's played yeah. by played by that actor in that movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. Continue. Tell me more about that. Was it Marie Osmond's brother? No. Was it Tom Cruise? What ghost? What? Oh, oh, <laughs> the movie oh, Ghost. You're you're yeah. suggesting you're suggesting uh, Patrick Swayze. Yes, there it is. You know, all things considered, I think Callum showed a great deal of restraint mm -hmm. in that email. He did not even attach his Mothman erotica, which, no offense, Callum, but that was a a good decision. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's that's the sexy episode. We, we did we it. Ended, we started spookier than I think we planned, and we ended much sexier than I think we planned as well. So I we think really, that means we averaged very well. We averaged yes. it out to just truly a sexy the, episode. A sexy episode. I think we're all just like left speechless after this. It's very funny. You know, I think much like uh, enduring a you know a somewhat scary but not serious accident with your friends, this was something where we committed to an idea, by which I mean Julia and I did. Eric overcommitted to an idea, which I appreciate. And now we're all on the other side, unscathed and stronger for it. I'm proud of us. I really am. I'm proud of us too. I'm proud of our listeners. And listen, whatever your yum is, go chase your bliss. And stay creepy. <laughs> stay cool. Thanks again to our sponsors at betterhelp.com slash spirits. You can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. At Skillshare.com slash spirits2, you can get two free months of Skillshare Premium. And in the DoorDash app, use code spirits for $5 off your first order of $15 or more. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. <laughs>